I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind, where we talk about what it looks like to thrive in motherhood as the free, confident, joy-filled women God has called us to be. For today's episode, I had the joy of chatting with writer Jessica Smart, whose new book, Let Them Be Kids, is releasing this week. I absolutely love the message behind this book. I love how she talks about ways that we as parents can really just cultivate more creativity and adventure and important family values for our kids. It really seemed so timely to be having this discussion as we are not only entering into summer, but also as we are still in this season of self-quarantine and social distancing where I know a lot of us, you know, as families, we've been kind of cooped up indoors and forced to find fun in new ways. Um, I know that for a lot of moms, myself included, these past few months have been a challenge, but I also hope that you have been able to find some blessings in the middle of the challenge, even just the opportunity to slow down, the opportunity to have more of that quality time with your kids. Um, I hope that this episode is encouraging for you and that it reminds you of the power that you have to foster deeper connections within your home. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Jessica. Hey, Jessica, I'm so glad that you're here today. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Um, I I think that the release of this episode is so timely because it's coming out the day before your book releases. Um, and it's also coming out as we're in the middle of this COVID quarantine. And honestly, I think that your book, your message, your, you know, the things that you're sharing with moms, it really is so timely um, for us as parents as we're embarking into summer, as we're kind of stuck inside um, for the most part still, even though some states are opening back up, there's still a lot of restrictions. And so I'm just really excited about um, the fact that we get to chat um, right now in this season as it is, because it really is such a great time. Um, Before we dive in, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and what this season looks like for you right now? Yes. Um, So I'm married to my husband, Todd. We met in college in Pennsylvania. And um, although we were dating each other's best friends, but that's a story for another time. (laughs) So we have three kids. I homeschool them. Um, Yes, I wrote Memory Making Mom that released last year and then have Let Them Be Kids. And so between the kids and homeschooling and washing tons of dishes, there's that's pretty much all there is to me. Yeah. It, r- remind us, what are the ages of your kids? 11, 9, and then our boys, and then a girl who is 5. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so a, a lot of my listeners are moms of little ones, so they're not quite in that season. But I also know that there are quite a few moms who they're right there with you. You know, they have the middle schooler and they have a few in elementary. And so um, I just, I'm really excited to hear your perspective as you're in this specific season of parenthood. Um, But let's get, let's get right to it. And let's talk about your new book coming out, Let Them Be Kids. Um, What is the backstory behind that book? How did it come to be? Um, You know, I don't know if I have told this story before, but um, you know, I had a blog that I started when my, honestly, it started the week after I had my first child. <laughs> I had been a teacher and I was just had all this, I guess, angst and mental 
energy and was just like thinking so many thoughts. I didn't even know what a blog was, but my sister, I remember sitting in my living room in my little townhouse rocking, you know, my baby. And she said, you need to start a blog. And she even thought of, we thought of the name smarter each day, which is play on my last name. And she, we thought that was funny. So (laughs) at her nudging, I started a blog and at first it just was like parent, you know, my mom, my mother-in-law and, you know, like one random person. But over the years, um, that grew and a friend introduced me to an agent and I had the idea for memory making mom. Um, that came pretty easily. And I was just really passionate about that. But when we pitched it, the publisher wanted a two book deal. And, um, I was honored, but also a little bit like, well, I don't even know what I'm going to write about. And it was kind of a struggle, honestly, because I had all these ideas, but none of them were like, we were really agreeing on. And I just was praying so much, you know, that if God wanted me to really write one and to invest all that time that he would make it clear, you know, what I was to say and all that. So I was driving one day um, home from the grocery store by myself, listening to a podcast. Um, uh, It was actually with Mo Isom. I don't know if your readers are familiar with her, but I think her last book was God, Sex, and the Conversation the Church Forgot. Yes, yes. And so anyway, she I was listening to an interview with her, and she stated that the average age that kids are introduced to pornography is 11. And at the time, I had one, you know, nearing that, and I just, it always just floored. Like immediately, I, I guess I had, I don't know, I guess I didn't really know that it was that early. And I had this immediate thought of like how sad that is and that kids are getting robbed of a childhood. And so immediately the thought came to me um, of bringing back childhood. And I pulled into the parking lot of the grocery store and texted my agent that idea. It was actually a a little bit of a different title name, but um, he wrote back just like immediately, yes, this is it. And so um, I knew that I wanted to fight for childhood. Because I think a lot of our day and age, and it's not just sex, and it's not just pornography, it's just everything, the pressure and the busyness and the need to be mature earlier in technology and just so many things. Um, Our kids aren't able to have the kind of childhood that we enjoyed, I think some of us. And so that's where it started. I mean, that's like the long version, but just kind of wanting to to fight for our, our kids a little bit. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, I know that you wrote, you've written this for parents who have kids of, you know, all different ages, especially, um, you know, the elementary school age, middle school age. Um, what are your thoughts on how timely this book is as we're embarking into summer? Because I know that in the book, you definitely do talk about, you know, some heavier topics, but you also hit on even just like, spending time together as a family and being intentional. And as we're all kind of bunkered down indoors as a result of um, COVID, I'm just wondering, like, do you see how your book plays so well into this current season? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, so much. Um, And kind of part two of that writing story is due to all this like boring publishing stuff. I basically had three months to write the book, which is not very much time. Um, and they wanted it out and do quickly. And I kind of went through this thing with God of like, why now? Like, (laughs) why am I in such a rush? I asked them, could we slow it down? Like just the timing was a big deal during the writing of it. And, um, the book was actually supposed to come out in late July. And as all this started unfolding, 
You're exactly right. It was uncanny to me how timely and needed so many of these things were. As parents are sitting at home with their kids, we do have more time together as families. We want to use that time well. Um, you know, just st- boredom, which is a chapter in the book, like we're going to be bored. <laughs> we have been bored for probably a couple months. So the neat thing is that the publisher actually bumped it up and said, we think this is so important right now that we are going to fast, fast track it and get it out there in the summer. And so it's kind of just so far like my little secret, um, just knowing what is in the book. People don't have it yet, but um, it is, it is, I mean, it's just only something that God could have orchestrated, um, which is so cool to be a part of. So I guess just specifically, I think the part about boredom really resonates, but also family time. Um Because I think so much of, you know, what we think of as summer or what we have thought of as summer um, is not going to look the same this year. You know, Mm -hmm. our vacations or our camps, my boys have had some things, some camps and tournaments and sports and, you know, all the official stuff that we are used to plugging our kids into. And so it's just, um, and we've totally been living this over the last couple of months. It's just, you know, kids and entertaining themselves and you know, swinging on the swings in the backyard and um, painting with water on the porch and coloring pictures and doing puzzles and reading books. I mean, and I think what we've all kind of realized, like certainly this time has been very difficult and I don't want to minimize that for families who have been impacted really tremendously by COVID, this is hard. But I think also we all kind of see that it's in a way good for kids and good for families. And so my message is, like, let's keep what we've learned here. Like, how can we continue? Because things are going to open up. I think it's going to be later than we think. Um, But they are going to open up. And so are we going to jump back into just breakneck, you know, plugging them in things and running all over? Or are we going to let them have a little bit more space to just be kids? And I think we've all seen that. I've seen so many kids on their bikes, on their scooters, pushing strollers in the, in the street, doing bubbles, doing chalk. And we all can see the benefits of that. It, is it hard? Absolutely. And I know, you know, for a number of reasons, it's been very difficult, but it's also been a gift. Mm, yes, I definitely, I, I love that. And this, the heart behind your book you know, I mean, it's even in the title, letting them be kids, let them be kids. I love that your book hits on um, how to nurture creativity in your kids, how to even foster more independence and confidence in your kids. I'm wondering, what do you think are some of the challenges that moms are facing today when it comes to doing those things? I mean, honestly, the biggest one is technology. Um, And I don't say that to be like a guilt trip because I think it's very hard to balance all that. Our parents, our mothers didn't have those options. If we were bored at a, you know, doctor's appointment, it was like, we'll read this highlights magazine or have a lollipop, but those are your options, (laughs) you know? So, um, but I think that parents absolutely have to recognize that technology is doing something to our kids' brains. And I'm not anti-technology. I mean, we watch shows and we use a lot of it for homeschool and, you know, I, um, I'm grateful for it, but I think you asked what's the biggest hindrance. I think, I mean, and I'm not a 
psychologist, so I don't have all of the stats, but there it changes the brain. It just does. And so we've seen it, you know, in adults, if you're on your phone all the time, your, your attention span is shorter and you're not going to be more inclined to, oh, I'll pick up and read a book or I'll sew or, you know, so I think that step one is just really getting a hold of that in the home and recognizing that, um, you can always change the story. So if you have allowed some things that you're kind of have this mom nudge that they're not that healthy, guess what? Someone is in charge and it is you and you can change that. And Mm -hmm. if you are young, I think the biggest thing I would say to parents who are just young moms who haven't had to face a lot of those choices is to avoid it as long as you can. Avoid getting the Xbox, avoid giving the phone, avoid allowing you know, an app to be something that we do because they will have plenty of time in their lives to do that. And again, I'm not trying to like spread on guilt. I struggle with it myself. But if you have been kind of antsy or worried and kind of wondering if you have had too much technology and, you know, wanting a change, here's your sign. Like you're listening, you can make a change. And I think these parents, we have a nudge that we're that it's not good and we're right. So it's, I guess I'm just saying, listen to that and um, that you can take control. Mm, thank you for touching on that. I do think the technology piece, I mean, that is, it's big, you know, it's prevalent that that's what our culture is today. Um, what are some practical ways that you have changed the atmosphere of your home with, with the way that you handle technology? And what are some practical ways that our listeners today can maybe start to do the same? Um, I mean, we just don't, we don't let the kids be on devices. And I'm so glad. Um, I, I know of people who have had to kind of back the bus up with that. And that's possible. I'm really glad that we haven't introduced that because I think my kids are, you know, they're, they have other options. They, they do create and read. And I don't think they would if they had, you know, all of this tech time nonstop. Um, so I think honestly, like one of the biggest steps is just to, like I said, hold off on it. One thing I've been thinking about so much though, is just how we set the tone as parents and they see us. And my husband and I had a conversation because I struggle with it. I mean, I'm not here to tell you that I have, you know, good, um, a good handle on my own personal phone use. I struggle with it a lot. I'm constantly on the lookout for resources and techniques and because it's, it's very addicting technology and it's made to be addicting technology. But my husband and I have talked about how we're showing them how to be grownups. And so I think we kind of have to get a handle on it ourselves and that may mean some drastic changes. Um, I'm reading two books right now. One is Digital Minimalism, and um, that's very good. And then the next one, which is less techie and just more entertaining, is called How to Break Up with Your Phone. And mm-hmm. I would totally recommend that. I really have enjoyed it. I'm savoring it. And um, I'm almost to the part where she's going to give some recommendations, I think, on like practical steps. So the parent piece is a big one. Um, but yeah. Does that answer your question? Yes, definitely. It definitely does. Um, I I saw that you posted recently on your social media um, a Let Them Be Kids manifesto. 
And I read through each of the points that you had on that. I loved it. Um, but there was one that stood out to me that I especially appreciated. And it said, um, we believe in adventure and that the good life is more thrilling, more satisfying, and more side-splitting fun than cheap limitation imitations. Uh, I'm wondering, can you dive into what that one specifically means to you? Yeah, um, I love that one too. Um, and I think what I'm getting at there is, and there was a part in digital minimalism that just touched on this. If you're on your phone so much, it's because you don't have enough hobbies. And I think mm. what I'm trying to say is let's show our kids the really good life. Like what it is like to create things and make things and climb mountains and, you know, just laugh with your friends and win at games. And because I think we all know the really good stuff isn't what's in front of you on your phone, right? The good stuff is community and, you know, new going new places and challenges. And so I'm trying to hint at not just so they're not lured by technology, but so much of the crap that kids are exposed to when they are older. Um, I think some people just do it because they don't have another option. And I'll tell you a story. My brother-in-law, who is fairly adventurous, and he probably wouldn't care if I said rebellious, he said they always had Friday night pizza night at his house. And he said, I'm so glad we did that because it gave me a reason not to be partying because I had something better to do. And I knew there was going to be fun and I could bring my friends and I, that pizza night saved me from a lot of bad news. <laughs> mm, yeah. And I love the, you know, that's a decision, this, you know, weekly pizza night, like that's an example of a decision that it, it's, it's so simple, you know, it's so intentional, but it also has a huge purpose and it has huge value. Um, I'm wondering how might you encourage the listener who, you know, maybe she's a mom with kids and is struggling to know how to be intentional with her family, with her children, um, whether that's regarding screen time or family time, um, you know, having those fun pizza nights. Like what kind of encouragement can you offer her if she feels a little bit ill-equipped or unsure? Yeah. I'm glad that you asked that. And I always want to say my kids are older. When I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old, I was not on a podcast talking about all the things that you need to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I was laying down to take a nap in the middle of the day and I was struggling to wash all the breast pump parts. And like, I mean, my life was so different. And so I don't want anyone to think that they need to be doing all of this stuff and having it right if they're in the thick of toddlerhood and nursing and just other exhausting stages of parenting that there are. Um, and a lot of people are feeling that, I think, with COVID too, just totally overwhelmed. Um, so, but I still would say God is so good and so faithful. And I would just pray and say, you know, God, I, I listened to this podcast. I've kind of been thinking that I need to, you know, fill in the blank, be more intentional or, um, get better about our technology usage or show my kids. I love them more, make more memories or go on adventure, whatever it is. Like I, I, I long for that, but show me the way. And God is so good. And I think he will bring to heart the things that we could implement that I wouldn't have even known to suggest to you. Um, but he is good and he wants to help us with our families. I think he answers those prayers. Mm, yeah. How have you personally been 
fostering more intentional, deeper relationship building time with your family, um, both in this season, but also how have you done it in past seasons where maybe your kids were a little bit younger? Like, can you paint us a picture of both scenarios to kind of give us an example of what that might look like? Yeah. And honestly, like, I don't like the idea of holding myself up to the pinnacle. Like I wrote the book, but <laughs> I, I almost want to tell you stories of other people that have done it well, um, because there's so many things that I wish I had done, but I do have friends. Actually, I don't know if you follow Brittany Price Brooker on Instagram. Um, it's a blended family. She lost her husband and married a widower. And I just love how they do they're so intentional. They have a night, I think it's once a week where the kids take turns that it's their special night and they stay up and like play games. And I got to be honest with you, like by seven o'clock, I'm like, I don't want to play any games. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I, somehow she's able to muster the strength to do that. Um, but one thing we, so when, let's see. So when they were little, I think that is something you could do when they're little. Um, what did I do when they were little? I mean, I don't know. I feel like just being there and not, you know, on your phone is, is just, it can be enough at that stage. I mean, so much of it, right. is just sticking your feet in the sandbox and letting them dump the dump truck on your toes and not being like annoyed and, you know, blowing bubbles together or drone. I mean, it's just quality time. I think being a really great mom is a lot of just really kind of mundane moments. Um, so I think that's what it was like when I was little. It was just being faithful and sometimes not, but um, in just being present and being with them. And that's not like a fun answer. I know that's not anything magical, but I think it's true. Um, so, and then now um, we have gotten into RV camping and that's so fun, but I could have never done that with little kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, Okay, I I have one more question about it's it's another topic that I know you cover in your book. um, And it's on this idea of family values. Can you break down what that means to you? And and what what exactly do you dive into through your book um, on this topic of family values? Um, I think what you're getting at is, I talk about kind of having a picture for your family. Yeah. Um, And I list ours, you know, our, like, we are a family who there's a, there's an example of kind of like our values. Um, And that's in a way sort of what the manifesto was as well. But I guess that's what I would say is spending some time together as a couple uh, saying, what do we want our family to be like? And how are we reaching those goals? Um, And I'll tell you something super practical, and I can give you the link. But um, I've been talking with my good friend about a plan for the summer, and this is not overarching big goal, but this is just kind of a little small way to implement this. I have a worksheet for every person in the family, and we are thinking about how what the what what our goals are for this summer. So everyone mm-hmm. has an a physical goal, an academic goal, which is like how many books I want to read and what's something I want to learn about. Um, a spiritual goal, you know, one of my sons is going to read through the New Testament and he can totally do it you know, over the summer. Um, a service goal, a 
what else did I have? A cooking goal. We each chose three or five hobbies that we wanted to learn and look into. And um, so that's a way of in a bite-sized chunk saying over this next season, what are we going to be about? And then let's take some time, maybe like Sunday night and kind of look back on that sheet and say, okay, how am I doing on these? What projects do I need to work on? Um, so maybe just instead of a whole big, your whole life or family or marriage, just to think about this summer, how, how are some ways that I want to be intentional with my family? And I can give you, I have that, um, worksheet or it will be alive on my blog. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. I would love to put that in the show notes. So listeners can go ahead and check that out and download it for themselves. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing with us today, the message behind your book, um, what this means for us as moms, you know, whether we're in a season of having little ones or we're in a season with older children, I do think that, you know, I just feel like we keep using the word timely, but really your message is so timely. Um, I can't imagine a better time for this book to be released out into the world. Um, where can listeners find your book and also where can they find you to connect with you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at jessica.smart and my blog is smartereachday.com. Smarter has two T's and the book is at uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever books are sold. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And I will be linking all of those things in the show notes so that our listeners can go find you and so they can check out this book and be encouraged and be inspired themselves. Um, thank you again for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.